following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Hush, little Batman, don't say a word. A phantasm's gonna frame you for murder on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Paul Biscro, the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. And... <laughs> Happy Kuro Kitty. <laughs> and bringing up the rear... Editorial writer, Lord GTZ. I'm sorry, that was way funnier the second time. <laughs> See, I did, a, I did a test of that line... <laughs> and we're all like, uh, just go with it. But apparently it was funnier the second time. For me, at least, because it's weird and bad and funny at the same time. I give it a solid <laughs> 8 out of 10. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head as usual. That's huh. what makes it fun, though. If you're if you're not shaking your head, then we've done something wrong. <laughs> exactly. Well, Paul gets to be on this podcast because he's actually seen these movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yay! Hey, Paul. I'll, I'll be on more. Don't worry. Eventually, <laughs> it's really it's really hard to get Paul on the podcast when he doesn't have time to watch the shows. No, no, no. It's really hard to get Paul on the podcast when he passes out. Yeah. Well. Well, that's part of the problem. <laughs> that's we part. We talked of the problem. about you and your wine drinking problem. Oh wait, that's no, me. I was gonna say wait, that's you. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, don't sweat it, Bruce. We'll just uh, you know. It's just making up for all the times where I let. Oh, wait. You know, seeing Batman on Toonami is like coming home. It belongs there. It is It is so comforting and, and just, it feels right. Seeing Mark Batman on Toonami. Mark Hamill Joker great. was on Toonami again. <laughs> yes. I mean, how many times have they played this movie? Well, not on Adult Swim. That's true. It actually didn't play that many times on Cartoon Network Toonami, but it played a lot on Cartoon Network. Are you talking about Mar- Mask of the Phantasm? Yeah, Mask mm-hmm. of the Phantasm. I think it was twice, at least, on Cartoon Network Toonami. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> think of how many times they played some of those Dragon Ball Z movies. <laughs> oh. is nothing. <laughs> it, it's Still- so crazy when I looked up the movie that it came out in 1993, because I was like man, this is a crazy throwback to my childhood and like 1993. Wow. Yeah. It it has all of those animated series vibes that I remember, you know, from being a kid and watching it like that chiaroscuro lighting and shadow and the heavy blue gray tones, you know, in the animation and that blocky style of Bruce, he's all square. I love it. I love being, being brought back to that Batman. It was, it was really great. Yeah. Such a good throwback. Totally. As soon as the movie opens up and you have that choral version of the yes. anthem, I'm like, yes, oh, so good. Yeah, it really just scratches that itch. You're like, this feels right. This is totally right. <laughs> and yeah. and it's it, it it's such a contrast to the other movie they played too. Like this one was totally PG, completely PG, and the other one well, was definitely. I mean, 14. It was kind of violent there was smoking and a little bit of language 
A lot mostly, of murder. Al- mostly Alfred was uh, making good use of that PG rating. <laughs> but yeah, it. I mean, usually would show realistic guns in Batman the Animated Series because they somehow were able to get away with that. But uh, smoking, pretty much never. I think so. That 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 definitely was, and you know, all the bad guys smoked. All yeah, they did. And smoked. And yes, because smoking is bad, kids. Don't hey, do it. Hey, you know, that one guy who was smoking cigars all the time, later you see when he's old, he's got to have that oxygen because he's not in good health. Don't yes. smoke, kids. Don't smoke. It's bad for you. Bad for you. Drugs are bad. Yeah, drugs are bad. <laughs> Unless they are medically prescribed. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad, okay. You know, you want to know something funny? I I had a hard time with the back and forth between the present and the past, keeping up. They, that was my only complaint about the film, now that I'm able to articulate it, is that like I couldn't clearly tell when... I mean, I figured it out, but I couldn't clearly tell when it was the past Batman and when it was present-day Batman. I felt like... like the, the 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 kind of semi dream fade wasn't a good enough transition because I missed it sometimes and then I just had to guess like based off of little context clues. Well, just listen for Bruce Wayne and see how high he's pitching his voice. Yeah, they also usually yeah. have a lot of the past scenes like in broad daylight to contrast like all the Batman like night scenes. Yeah, so that was kind he of how I tell. Too. He looked but, younger too, but it was still like a little tricky. I thought like I wish this had been more clear cut. Yeah, that wider shot when he was at the grave for the first time, I was like, is that, is that Dick? <laughs> is that Dick Grayson? <laughs> Doesn't look like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Must be Dick Grayson. Nah, it was Bruce Wayne. A young Bruce Wayne. But most of the time, he still looks pretty much exactly the same age. <laughs> he just pitches his voice up a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> this Bruce Wayne was a little bit of an edgelord early on in his career. <laughs> I could feel it, Alfred. I could feel it. I had the advantage, but they weren't afraid of me. <laughs> they need to be afraid of me from the start. Oh my god, that is Edgelord. <laughs> and all the freaking jujitsu training as well. But that was not jujitsu. <laughs> that was not jujitsu he was doing. She knocked him right over with the with a grab. Yeah. She, she was doing judo. He he was doing something, some kind of karate, like jiu-jitsu. Oh, wait a minute. I take that back. I was thinking Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That definitely could have been Japanese jiu-jitsu, which is, for those of you who listened to previous podcasts, what they use in Shenmue. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. It's, it's upright, upright form of uh, Japanese jiu-jitsu. Yes. I take back what I said. That was jiu-jitsu. <laughs> so if you... Haven't seen this almost 30-year-old movie. Um, the Shame general, on you. The general plot is... The general plot is... Uh, there is this mysterious cloaked figure going around killing old gangsters. And the police, and particularly... Um, was he a senator? He was, the cha- the ch- chancellor. Chancellor? Or something. Count, right? No, no. It starts with the councilman, C. Councilman. Councilman. See, it was close. <laughs> Art, Arthur Reeves is this councilman who uh, 
rose up in the ranks due to some somewhat shady business is this really is pushing pushing the police. Yeah. <laughs> the politicians are all bad. It's Gotham. What do you expect? Yeah, come on. <laughs> also, pretty sure this character didn't exist before this movie. <laughs> I also don't recall him showing up again, but honestly, my memory's not great with that. He's at the funny farm now. <laughs> oh, right, right. I don't, yeah, I don't think he showed up before this. And this was, uh, I mean, this is before Robin showed up, so it's pretty early Batman, the animated series, as far as uh, timeline goes. Between seasons one and two. Aha, there you go. Um, Yes. So this phantasm, as the title implies, is going around killing old gangsters, and the police are being convinced that it is Batman, of course, Jim Gordon's like, no, Batman doesn't kill. It's not Batman. I'm not going to have any part of this. Good for you, Jim. Good on you. Uh, And Batman's trying to figure out who's actually murdering these old gangsters. And uh, the Phantasm continues to kill multiple people until it gets to the point where the Joker is involved. Because, hmm, interestingly enough... Before the Joker became the Joker, they seemed to be some hired guy on uh, one of these old gangsters' payrolls. So you actually get to see what is implied to be pre-dropped in the acid Joker. I love that Cosa Nostra joke he makes, too, when Valester comes to see him. I thought that was amusing. (laughs) Yes. So... In the climax, we get... Me, really Cosa, is, is your Cosa Nostra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was terrible and hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> Has to be expected from the Joker. Yes. <laughs> get your hands off me, old man. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> the climax is Joker and Batman fighting after it's revealed who the Phantasm is, who, oh, it seems to be... Not the old gangster who was the father of Bruce Wayne's old fling, but the daughter herself. Andrea Beaumont. A hot little number. She's well animated. I mean, it's great. Is that what we're calling it now? It's it's great that they, (laughs) yes. It's great that they brought that actress back, Dana Delaney, to to be Lois, because she's fantastic as Lois. But now, hearing her as this other character, I can't separate it from Lois. The same voice. Totally the same voice. And, you know, every now and then Lois would talk about her father who's in the military. So whenever she's like talking about daddy, it's like, it's it's just it's it's Lois. She's just Lois. Well, she's not Lois. Lois shows up in another one of the Batman movies that night. She does. <clears throat> so And and Lois Bruce Wayne scores there too. Yes, he uh. There, there was some sexy time on Toonami that night, let me tell you. Yeah, baby. <laughs> also, Alfred is such a professional. <laughs> he just he walks over, holding the tray. He sees what's going on. He doesn't even drop the tray. He doesn't yeah. skip a beat. He's like, all right. Turns all right. around and walks away. I like, feel so right. bad for him. He has to clean up all the mess afterward, too. It's like. What? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> V-Lord. V-Lord. Why? Come V-Lord. on. <laughs> We're going to have to put you in the corner for that one. <laughs> Why do you have to Louise. do that? It's the truth, Putting that though. image in our head. Justice for Alfred. 
<laughs> yeah, justice for going in the corner. Go. <laughs> I'd like to think Batman has enough dignity to clean his own uh, <laughs> messes up. No, he doesn't. <laughs> That's why he pays Alfred. His very dark deeds. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, now that we, we, we're completely going <laughs> in the typical direction that we do. In, in the wrong podcasts. direction. In the correct direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there might have been some alcohol consumed in this, too. I mean, she pours herself a drink. You could say it was sparkling water. It was clear, but come on. I don't think it's... I don't think she's taking a moment to pour herself some sparkling water when Batman's interrogating her in her... Uh, in her flat. No, it looked. It was flat. brownish. It looked like whiskey. But here's the thing. As a kid, you know what that is, and you don't care. So I don't know why they feel like they need to be so careful with cartoons. Like kids see their parents do that stuff, you know, if their parents are normal. So yeah. it's not yeah, a big deal. Being, they were being careful before it became careful. Yeah. <laughs> so. Huh. I mean, the I mean, shit they show on Disney TV now TV. is way worse. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Schneider. Sorry. <laughs> Goodness. A lot of this movie is flashing back to early in Batman's career. Yes. And it's interesting to see sort of Batman begins for this iteration of Batman. Year one, year zero, if you will, <laughs> whatever it is, where he takes on some thugs just <laughs> dressed in a ski mask. <laughs> they didn't fear me. <laughs> They weren't afraid, Alfred. They weren't afraid. He's testing the waters. Yeah. Well, certainly could have gone worse, but oh man, he almost got smashed into that wall when that uh, truck came to a <laughs> screeching halt right before hitting the wall. Lucky him. Any anybody got any highlights? I think the grave scene is like probably my favorite moment from the movie where like Bruce is like trying to like negotiate with the like the tombstone of his parents. He's trying yeah, to grapple I, with like choosing which path he should take. I kind of feel like this movie is really pushing that like the spirit of his parents are tormenting him into becoming a vigilante. And I I don't know how I really feel that that gels with everything. I did it less of like the spirits of his parents or his perception of what his parents wanted. Yeah. yeah. His Alfred's constantly saying like, they would want you to be happy, sir. Yeah. I mean, ba Batman's his own villain in this movie, I guess, in a way, at least yeah, for the I mean, scenes. I mean, you know, you know, what would have, what would have been nice. Cause they, they did do this movie obviously, but, and I, I don't, I don't think, um, Kevin Conroy was the voice. I could be wrong. Um, it was the, the one animated flash movie where, um, he goes to another timeline, not another timeline. What, you know what I mean? Like another world earth, whatever. And, um, you're going to have to be more specific. I can't think of what the name of it is off the top of my head, but it's the one where, um, instead of Bruce Wayne being Batman, it's his father. Oh, flashpoint. 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 There we go. So. Um, and then when he comes back from that, he has a letter from his father and Bruce starts crying. Yep. I think that would have been, that would have been awesome to kind of have that 
as a movie, like kind of corresponding with this because. Oh, you should save that for when they eventually put the flash in theaters because they seem bound and determined to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to look, I, I not to go off on a little tangent here, but uh, that's what you do. I, I don't so. I, I know that's true. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I hate to say this, but if it means I get to see Michael Keaton again, I'm good. I'm sorry, but if I get to see Michael Keaton, I'm not going to deprive that man of being Batman again just because some idiot wants to go around and I thought do some I heard effed up that things. <laughs> they refilmed that with Ben Affleck. No, 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 no. Know. They're both in there. They're both in there. No, Ben Affleck. I really do not like him as the Batman. They're, so apparently, so they're both in there. So obviously, he's in their timeline. And then the Flash goes to the Earth where Michael Keaton is retired Batman, but then becomes Batman again, um, which is awesome because I, yeah, I want to see my Batman again. Um, <laughs> Hashtag my Batman. Exactly. So I, I mean, I like Robert Pattinson. Don't say anything bad about him. He did a great job. He did. He did a. Great he did a good job, job but. He's great. still not Batman. He did Michael a great Keaton's job. Batman. No, no, he's not Bruce Wayne. He is definitely Batman in the stage of his life that Batman is when that film is mm. taking place. He's the young year one Batman, dark and consumed, and that's that's taking over his persona. He's the the one that's focused on the plan. Yes, mm, yes. I mean, I mean, I didn't think I Christian, was part of the plan. I hate to say this, but I think Christian Bale did the the best mix of them. I mean, Michael Keaton to me is the best Batman, but I think Christian Bale, it's a different, it's a different Batman. It's a great Batman, but it's different. They're, they're both good in different ways. I think that's kind of the, like Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton was the Batman, but then, um, Christian Bale is definitely the, is definitely number two there because he, he did, he did a, a really good job. Um, and like I said, I, I, I always compare – I know we're going off on a tangent. Um, and say, excuse me, Paul. Kevin Conroy is the Batman. Well, no, no, no. I was getting to that. <laughs> Kevin Conroy is definitely is there, – there's nobody else that can do the voice better than him. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care who you bring Jason in. Jason O'Mara, bless his heart, he tried. He did, it, he did Omar, a good job with the voice. Jason O'Mara right. wasn't bad, right. but uh, you know who – you know who I really liked as Batman? Um, the voice of Batman was, and I, it, it, he was, he's a normal actor. Um, he was in, he was the Batman in Young Justice for at least. Greenwood. Yeah. yeah he, he did a really good, good Batman. He did a really good Batman. I was like, that dude should be doing Batman right now. If you're not going to have, you're not going to have, um, what's his name there? You're, you need to have him. So I just refer to Kevin Conroy as what's his name, dude. It is ten o'clock at night and I'm tired. Okay, you're 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 you're, you're lucky I'm even concentrating right now. <laughs> yeah, Wait. this 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 Batman definitely for for this movie at least for the Mask of the Phantasm is is heavy in the um nostalgia machine. I feel like in all manner the the type of animation it is, the music, the voice. Everything about it just felt so nostalgic and, I, and even like the PG aspect of it. It was so like 
childhood Batman all over. I think it it kind of gave Batman more context because, you know, later on we do get to see more of how Bruce Wayne went through his training and became Batman, you know, with um, Zatanna and her father. It wasn't the vow that made him Batman. It was getting dumped. Exactly. So, (laughs) I mean, but, but see, that was, but see, it's weird because he did a lot of his training before he met her. Um, so it it just codified his dedication to the cause and he didn't have a distraction after she left. And then he, and he was also trying to mend a broken heart. So he's able to really Mm -hmm. devote himself to it. And then you, that was the cool thing about the back and forth in the timeline is seeing his post, you know, veteran Batman. And then pre when he's still figuring out what he wants the Batman to be and the, the Bruce, is coping and where yeah. Bruce later on it separates himself from that. Like even his interactions with the Andrea are completely different in the second half of the film than they are in the first half. It's really interesting. Well, and, and see it, it's, and it's funny to, to use this because um, you don't really see her that much in that. And I believe it was, yeah, it was the justice league episode of Batman beyond um, where um, she was supposed to kill Terry McGinnis's parents. Um, but then she gave Amanda Waller, like <laughs> back talk, like, dude, Batman wouldn't do this. Why would I do this? Even though in this movie, clearly she kills like 50 different people. I mean, I'll be it. I'll be it. They were bad guys. I get it. But like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny when, in that episode where she's like, I'm Batman would never kill people when, Oh, you fucking killed people though. (laughs) So they're innocent. Right. I think part of it is like, she didn't want to create another person like herself and Batman. Right. But I also think it, it led to the context of when you see this movie and then you see that episode, you're like, Oh, she doesn't want another person to go through what Bruce went through. So it, it adds a it, it, even though it was a small little part in that episode, it kind of added a layer to this movie, in the sense that when she walked away and left Gotham, um, you know she still she still had a love for Bruce, and she still, and I think she didn't want somebody else to go through what Bruce went through, or her for that matter, because she was created. Albeit in a different circumstance, but because of what happened to her, her father, and <laughs> even though her father kind of put himself in that position, you know, um, it's very similar. It's just it's it's very similar what they both went through. So you know, it, it, it's while she she kind of was, I don't want to say the bad guy, but the the um the, person, the protagonist in this movie and antagonist antagonist, antagonist like yeah. i would say more you know she kind of showed the side of batman yeah, had she's batman sympathetic. she's a sympathetic character i agree I, I i think you you see the side of batman that would have been had you know some of the same stuff that she went through happened to him i mean batman could have easily just went on a murderous rampage and killed every single piece of 
piece of shit out there basically after his parents got killed after he got trained, obviously, because he's not going to just go out and start shooting people. That's not, you know, (laughs) he wouldn't even be in Batman at that point. Um, But I mean, you see like how, yes, he, he, he does what he does, but he does it out of respect for his parents because his parents taught him better, you know? Um, and her example for a parent was not a very good example. And because of that, that's why she became an assassin because that's what she was. She was an assassin. She became an assassin after she left Gotham, you know? Yeah. It no, sucks. That's, that's a good, that is a good thread. I like that. Be her, her father was in essence corrupt. Mm-hmm. And so it corrupted her exactly. idea of vengeance. Whereas his Batman's parents were not. And, and so his, his vengeance was much more pure and it's, and that's why he has his morals, his moral code and all that. I, yeah, well, I follow that and, thread. I like that. And, and, that's a good and, and it's, and, and you know, another example to take it from outside of this movie is how Batman, even in like Batman beyond is trying to still preserve that old neighborhood where his parents got killed. It wasn't just because of that. It was because he wanted to help like his parents did, you know, his father in all the iterations of Batman contributed massive amounts of money to Gotham to save it. I mean, in the Batman, the, the Batman Nolan movies, I should say, um, he built a whole fucking rail system for Gotham so people could get around. Like, I mean, when you say good example, that's a good fucking example. Mm. So, you know, I think it kind of just showed, yes, you see what Batman is now, but you also see what Batman could have been and just be glad that you didn't have this version of Batman. See, I have good things to say every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I it makes me want to go back and watch the animated series though. Like that as you said, that opening sequence just really hit hit it for me. Man, the music, the mm-hmm. style of the writing, the 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 stylistic um background when they're doing, you know, showing the Gotham cityscape, and then those those really strong blue and gray tones and all of the animation and the thick lines and the square jaw. It's just, it was all like the, that's the Batman that we all grew up watching. And it's and like, then, yes. and then it went down, it went downhill after season three <laughs> or after season two, I should say. I don't actually remember as well. So I remember, I remember the, the most, the one I remember the strongest was when Robin joins. No, that's, so, the, that's the episode series that I remember the most. So it, it it was still the same animation. I, well, see, I don't remember because I think I want to say season one was longer than it was, but I could be wrong. But there was also Robin was first introduced. Batgirl yeah. was first introduced in there yeah. as well. Um, so, you know, those episodes up till when they changed the animation were good. And then I'm not saying that the episodes with the new animation weren't good. It was just you look at the two like I I rewatched it maybe a year or two ago during the pandemic. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my God, this animation's worse than I remember it. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. You look it, at- but watching things as an adult can change your perception too. Yeah, as a kid, true. you may be, you may be a more forgiving of things or be judge things in a different manner than when you're an adult. I think they, I think they learned their lesson from doing that though, because like, I, I've just noticed like the movies are so much like there's a lot of detail in the DC movies now. So, but yeah, who knows? But you know, he, there, there's one other thing that's very important that I don't, don't think we've mentioned yet. We're talking about, what is this? So that was the 17th Saturday, the 17th. Um, we're talking about Batman being on Toonami in a very unstable Warner Brothers Discovery company. So you're kind of just sitting here going, oh, okay then. So we can still do this. Great. Wonderful. I'm good. Yeah. uh, It sounds like they (laughs) made that deal when they were expecting DC fandom to happen. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, it's not happening, but we're still doing Batman Day, so... Yeah. <laughs> cool. I don't see why. I mean, you. we said this the last time they did the bat, uh, a series of Batman movies on Toonami. You know, the, these Warner Brothers properties are available. They're ones that are a staple in the Toonami, you know, past. So there's no reason why they can't occasionally show these films. We've said that we like seeing films every, every so often. I do like seeing films every so often, especially if I get like I did this past, this past weekend, a mix of something that I had seen a long time ago. And I, I honestly didn't quite remember how the spot was. So it was a good refresher. And then something I hadn't seen at all, which was hush. So, you know, getting, getting a mix of the old and the new instead of, you know, just one, era of Batman and then you get to watch and kind of compare and contrast them and, and, and think about the differences. And I, I like that. I think, I think there's no reason why, I mean, I don't, I've said this before. I don't understand the complexities of the studio system today and how it's functioning or, or not functioning as it seems to be, Who does? but yeah, but, but I do, I do think that, you know, the, the Warner brother has the properties. Like what, what are they going to do? Just sit in the warehouse. So, show them get people interested in it again and now's the time to do it you know keep batman on on people's minds why not i don't see why i would i would i hope that they do like some kind of batman night once a year that'd be pretty cool and it's different movies and that we hadn't seen you know from last year batman movies for that then they have to make more (laughs) oh i said they do oh okay yeah exactly two a year (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. If if that were the so case, and I'm just, movies. I'm just throwing, is, I'm throwing shit out there. But yeah, I think this is the first time they actually played one of the movies that's set in the new Fifty Two DC animated universe. Yeah, that's that's what Batman. That was one of the uh, Batman Hush was one of those. I I'm afraid to even like say anything to or about um, Jason given how sensitive he was the last time any of us mentioned something Batman related, but obviously it's not completely off the table because here we are watching Batman. So, ah, yes, that new Batman show, it was being developed for HBO max. 
and had a lot of prestige behind oh, it. Please don't do this. You're going to make me go on a tangent about this. Or actually, no, you're going to make me bitch about this. I was thinking, I was thinking, like, you know, why wouldn't we have a new Batman show? And it's one of these other grand ideas that got killed, wasn't it? You know? Well, so here's here's something that here's something that's that's kind of surprising me. So you know, okay, so they they're they're trying to sell Batman to another thing. They're trying to sell some other shows. Um, something that just happened, I want to say, it got announced today. Adult Swim Fest is going to be on Roku for free, and some of Adult Swim shows are going to be on Roku for free. Mm-hmm. Um, what what what's going on here? Did Roku just spend a shitload of money to get shows from Adult Swim, like? It's a crazy atmosphere, guys. Like, I, I, if if you would have said to me, "Oh, Roku's going to have Adult Swim shows," I would have laughed at you. It's only good for for Adult Swim. The more platforms they can yeah. should show on, the better for them. So, I feel like that that makes perfect sense. Especially I, I almost feel on like their platforms might as well. Sell that's it true. Off. Yeah, that's true. And and I I almost feel like they should. <laughs> I actually had that thought today. I was like. You know, I wonder if they could put Toonami on Roku for free. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. But, you know, it's it, it it just makes you sit there and go, if you're going to do that for Adult Swim, why don't you throw Toonami some bones here and do some stuff, too? Because Primal's one of those shows, by the way, that's going to be free on Roku. Such a good show. Yeah. Like, you sit there and you go, how much money did they just pay for that? Because there's no reason why Adult Swim would just be like, oh, here, go play this. No, no, no. They made a deal somehow to do that. So, and it's, uh, you know, that's, I was thinking, you know, it just dawned on me and I'm sure Sketch will agree with me because of what, what Warner brother, what Warner media did to adult swim. They don't have a way to live stream these shows anymore. So or live stream. Yeah. Live stream the festival. I should say, I'm sorry. Um, so you have to find a streaming partner to do that. I'm glad Roku came through. I think that's great because there's going to be so many people have Roku. So there's going to be a shitload of eyes on adult swim festival, especially with it being free. But like it's, it's interesting what's going on. Like it's showing it's, it's good in a way, but then it's kind of like, Oh, Look, they're having to do this because they don't have an apparatus anymore. You know what I mean? So, like, if they did a tsunami panel, someone like us would have to record it, probably. Lord help them. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, not Lord help them. I mean, I that won't be as hard as what it used to be, but still, it's like... Well, yeah, and then we would do it for free. And they actually, that isn't a terrible idea. I mean, we'd do it and we'd advertise it and do all their work for them. It wouldn't be not that not that Jason has any time for that, but continue. No, no, I know. But actually, I I'm I was curious to know if if Lord had any thoughts too about seeing Mask of the Phantasm again on Toonami. Oh, I mean, I guess my short of it's I love it. It's a really good film. It uh, brings back a lot of nostalgia of the animated series and. One thing I really loved about it, and that, like, we'll probably talk about this when I complain about Hush, but even though there's definitely some limited animation in Mask of the Phantasm, 
when there is movement and action, they handle the animation so well. Like the character movement has a ton of weight to it and you can really feel the impact of the characters in every scene. And I think it helps convey the kind of more emotional scenes like that grave scene that I mentioned before with Bruce kind of grappling with the identity of like what he wants to do. And a lot of those more high tension scenes like the action scenes, uh, it's just very well, well balanced. And I, I really appreciate that about the movie. Yeah. What he said. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the, it, it contains one of the best showdowns between Batman and Joker in, in animation. Yeah, that was a brutal fight. I I was thinking about that as you it's as you were describing battle. it. <laughs> I love his little like theme park family home too, with like the oh, robot yeah. wife. <laughs> Isn't she a doll? I can't help who you fall in love with. Oh my god! He, he starts putting a a big old thing of bologna in front of her. To chop it up. Meatloaf again, oh, but I had it for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's imagining something because there's like there's no there's no food there. <laughs> the joke about the darling, you know, <clears throat> interested in getting a little electricity going tonight or whatever he says. I don't know, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. Free Harley it's, Joker here. Oh my god, that was so good. Good. <laughs> How does everybody know where Joker's is hanging out? <laughs> well, he doesn't seem to worry though, so I guess. <laughs> I mean, who else is buying an like tire theme park? You think he paid for that shit? The World <laughs> Fair. I that was a nice touch, it's by an, the way. It's an abandoned the World World's Fair. Fair. <laughs> yeah, the Gotham of the future. That was that was a nice touch. It's such a it's such an outdated concept. Oh, I love it, when Bruce takes a look at the car. He's like. Yeah. You know what he's thinking? He's thinking, yeah. I'm going to make a car like that. <laughs> hey, that's what we're all thinking. It, it's so great because, like, the, it's so Batman. At the same time, it's so outdated. Like, you you, you don't really see that fitting in to today the way it did in the film. And then they really show that when they show it, like, all dilapidated and everything's, like, old and falling apart in the time skip and so it was like okay like it it just it just resonated really well with like how that might be perceived in the 90s you know what a world's fair is <laughs> i thought his reaction noise to getting bumped by one of those little cars was a bit much it's like it sounded like he really got hurt there <laughs> like oh you look down it's just this little car <laughs> Maybe you're hush, right Batman. Hush, hush, Batman. Hush, Batman. Hush, hush, Batman. Hush. 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 Hush, Batman. Hush. Why is that the name that there's such a weird fucking villain name? <laughs> I know it's in the comic, but it's fucking weird. Like, wh- who come? Like, I don't get it. Who comes up with that? Seriously, what were you thinking? Ah. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Thomas and it makes for a lot of easy it makes for a lot of easy puns, I will say that. So I can appreciate the easy puns. I'm a sucker for a good pun. So this Yes, movie, we know. You laugh at everything that Sketch says. I do because he's hilarious. <laughs> this movie Batman Hush crams a lot into its runtime. It, it is does. Uh, 
They it wanted to hit all the mythology. Cav- cavalcade of Batman's rogues gallery. Uh, kind of like the long Halloween in that way. A lot of and, random stuff happens too. It's just and, and, yeah. Why they have Barbara Gordon? They they didn't. She didn't contribute anything except that one scene. I don't think. Yeah, they, yeah. They just just, ha- just having a scuffle with Catwoman. Yeah, that was unnecessary. Yeah. I was and, like, bitch. She saved his life. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. Go do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this film is just a mess. It's it's a total mess. I don't I, think it was a mess. I think it's fine for the most part. I think part. it was fine too. I like it. It had more of an, it, um, the mystery element was more in your face, I think, than the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they I like spend a bit too much time on the Catwoman Batman relationship. Oh, I mean, there, one, there's one not enough that time. That's, that I could, one, <laughs> one could argue that that is the highlight of the film. Yes. yes. It is the highlight of the film. I can see. Catwoman and Batman all day long and love it. That is the that's my favorite. I ship that I mean, all day long. The problem I ship is that when, you, when you have a movie called Batman Hush, though, shouldn't you have more hush in it? Oh Jesus! He uh, he makes a good point. Yeah. Well, yes, you make a good, a good point, point. But I mean, I mean, it, I'll be honest with you. That relationship actually made the the movie stay on track. And it didn't make it as, how do I put this? With everything random that was going on in that film, with that storyline being in there, it made it stable. Yes, it made it stable. So it wasn't, I thought it was a decent film that actually was a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, But, you know, all of a sudden randomly Superman shows up. I mean, obviously he was under poison ivy's control but it was just like hi what <laughs> what are you doing here we like, just gotta have a random moment that forces superman to exactly fight batman that's yeah we just gotta have that happen yep how did so, she get hit him i'm still not clear on that um i can't remember like it, I, I don't remember i don't think they showed it in the film but it's always like something happens where like she just tricks Super, Clark and then all of a sudden Superman's easier to trick than you might think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so. I am not the biggest Batman versus Superman person. I actually completely had forgotten about that part of the movie. I think I purposely forgot about it because I didn't care. It's such a nothing burger. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. It, like, it didn't happens even... and then it, and then you never see Superman and Lois for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I think it comes down to like one of my biggest issues with this film is that Batman Hush is as worse when it tries to adapt Batman Hush the comic because it doesn't know how to adapt the comic. Because like it's like so like Batman Hush the original comic is like a 2002 comic. It's before New 52 and they're trying to incorporate this version of Batman Hush into New 52 while also heavily condensing it. Like the yeah. Hush comic is the same length as Long Halloween, basically. It's like one but issue shorter. But wasn't the Doctor didn't because wasn't the Doctor the one that was supposed to be Hush? It yes. wasn't the Riddler. Yeah. Okay. So that's like the big change they make. That, I was, but, we were, yeah, we were just talking about that because I thought when when I'm watching it, I was like, oh, it's totally going to be the Doctor because I didn't read the comic. It's totally going to be the yeah. Doctor, and then they make the Riddler. It's a nice twist, but. 
because they spent so much time getting distracted by these other things, you couldn't really be impacted yeah. by that reveal as well. Because well, we had to throw in every single other villain and or ally that Batman had, and it was just too much. And man, well, Tom, it, it Thomas was... Elliot's like death scene is also terribly handled, I feel. Because <laughs> like well, that scene where like he's about to like strangle uh, Batman's about to like strangle Joker because he's seeing his dead friend. It's such a great scene in the comic because it's contextual in a way. It's uh, building up all these other traumatic events that have happened to Batman with death in the family, killing joke, no man's land, all stories where people close to Batman have either been killed or hurt. And this is finally the breaking point where he can no longer cope with it. And he loses control, even though Joker's not the one that's responsible for the death. While here, it doesn't work because you don't get any of those additional scenes that were in the comic where they show, like, Thomas and Bruce growing up and, like, being friends. Yeah, So it's just like, oh, point. he's this random you, doctor you guy, and yeah. now he's dead. You didn't care about the character. I agree. I think that, that that's a really good point. Um, I don't think it was a bad movie, but to, 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 to what you've said, it was clearly a bad adaptation. I think yeah. that if they had spent less time on having these breakaway scenes, like I felt like Poison Ivy got more screen time than Thomas Elliot. And that doesn't make mm -hmm. sense because he's supposed no. to be a critical character motivating some of this. And, and, and I think like, I loved the hook of someone knowing Batman's secrets or any of these villain secrets. Like that's a great hook. How would that been accomplished? You know, if they'd spent more time focusing on that, that aspect of the mystery rather than just having everybody Batman's ever encountered in that, you know, if you're going to adapt it to a, a, a film, a, a film like this, then you need to be able to know what to cut and what to what to enhance. So, and so to that aspect, I'd say, yeah, you're right. So uh, I think it's kind of funny that they have Mask of the Phantasm and Hush on the same night because the Mask of the Phantasm is how Hush probably should have been. And what I mean by that is if you were to take the original story of hush, plug it into mask of, of mask of phantasm in the sense of how that story progresses, where we get the context of, okay, this is who this person is. And then obviously, you know, we find out just like in mask of the phantasm that, um, what was it? Um, that, you know, he's the bad guy. So you see what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, yeah, no, um, that's, that's a good comparison. Like it, it's go ahead. Oh no. I, I was going to say like the, the parallels between like Thomas Elliott and like Andrea, like Beaumont are like pretty uncanny way. Cause like both mass, the phantasm and the original hush comic, the common like theme is like dealing with Batman's issues of like, uh, trust and coping with like past regrets. Yes. And I feel the animated version of Hush kind of throws a lot of that out of the window. So interestingly enough, that might be the reason why they played both of these on the same night. Yeah, and I and I think that's a good I that's a good thing because it kind of shows I hate to be an ass like this, but it kind of shows what a good Batman movie looks like and what a what a Batman movie shouldn't be in a sense. Because here's here's the thing. Here, let me just add a little bit more to what I was trying to say. That storyline with Catwoman, you could easily have fit that in as well 
Yeah, and, they, they, and that's this, the one thing I wouldn't take out. They did a great job with the Catwoman stuff. And by the way, the ending to this was 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 good because, you know, you see why Batman and Catwoman never work. Yes, they fall in love. Yes, they, you know, have romance every once in a while. But Catwoman can't get over the fact that Batman won't kill certain people. And I and I understand that, but he's not going to do it. And it is what it is. I Okay, so that actually was the most interesting part of this, the way yes. that last conversation they had, because she makes a good point to him. And I like it. It's not him walking away from her this time. It's her telling him. She says, I've made changes for you, but you are unrelenting. And essentially, you know, when the situation was, it wasn't like she was saying outright, shoot him or murder him. There was a choice between saving his own life and dying with a criminal who was going to die anyway because he had a tumor and he yes. was going to fall into a yep. pit of his own fucking making. And she had an excellent voice where she's like, screw this. And she cuts the line. I have to say I'm with 100% with Celine on this, not just because he's a bad dude, but because what good would it have done martyring himself in this situation? Well, and she's pointing that out. Like, you're not willing to compromise to save your own life. Then what, what, then how can – and I've changed – for you, how can you not see where's the problem here? I completely agree with her decision breaking up with wasn't him. It, and that wasn't it. Wasn't it that didn't somebody else get hurt too? Um, besides Bruce, I, I can't remember who it was. Um, I mean, Thomas Elliot got killed. Well, it, yeah. there was Thomas Elliot, but wasn't didn't like um, because I think it was Nightwing in this. Yeah, right? Nightwing got injured yeah. by Scarecrow. Yeah, yeah. So there was there was that. Um, there was I, I thought something else happened, if I remember correctly, um, where Selena was like, um, what are you doing? <laughs> like, no, like, she got captured. Oh, I that's right. She that's got right. captured and she she almost died and she basically rescued herself. Yeah. So, you know, I her frustration was completely warranted. And while it wasn't my favorite ending after them heating things up so much and working together so well and seeing them just really click and you love to see it. Mm -hmm. But then like to for him to him to sort of put that on her, like he we could have saved him. Like, no, you fucking idiot. We couldn't have saved him. We couldn't oh, have saved him. You couldn't have saved him. <laughs> I love Batman, but I'm totally with Selena on this one. She he, he was dying. Let, if you had managed to keep him alive, he knows who you are. Yeah, yes. exactly. He has to die. He well, no. Well, I mean, I mean, the effects of the Lazarus pit was was wearing off and it his intelligence was like leaving him basically because uh, the Lazarus pit not only uh, can I, suppressed. Can I say yeah, yeah. I, I've kind of always liked the Riddler as mm -hmm. a Batman villain. Yeah, I ne I've never considered him a, a pathetic Batman villain, but this made him so pathetic. I I can't stand it. So <laughs> so let me let me the add to that though. thing and all that. Yeah. Let me let me add to that sketch. Like in this. Um, because you know, part of the problem of all these these DC movies is it's in the new Fifty Two universe, yeah. where we you gotta, know we have a, we gotta make the Riddler more threatening. Well, it's not even that. Like it, the Riddler really hasn't had any kind of 
real interaction with Batman up to this point. So it's like in this, in this new 52 series of movies, I should say. Um, so it's like, like, okay. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So it comes out of nowhere. It's like, okay. Riddler shows up looking like Lupin the third with a derby hat. (laughs) (laughs) Those sideburns though, man. And then it turns out it was Clayface being controlled by the Riddler. Yeah. Poor Clayface. And the Riddler posts his dip in the Lazarus pit. Has this big old question mark on his freaking head. (laughs) Oh Lord. Yeah. It's frustrating too. Cause like, so in the, in the original Batman hush coming, not to reference the comic too much. Riddler is does end up being like, the final mastermind anyways, even though he's not Hush. But the whole point is he's manipulated all these villains to willingly go along with his plan. And in yeah. the end, it's because he he still had to go through the Lazarus Pit because he had like a tumor. But because of that, he became so much more angry that he channeled all his energy into finding who Batman is by himself. And yeah, that would have been a great storyline, not just this magical reveal in the Lazarus pit, but well, certainly like him manipulating all the characters would be way more on way more in character for the Riddler because well, he's he's not meant to match Braun with Batman. He matches brains with him. And that's right. why he's such a good villain. Because You're so smart. Fight. Why aren't you rich? Well, yeah. but here's but here's the thing, too, is um they actually in this movie ba- basically what what Vlord was just saying they basically did that with the they they did that part with the riddler correctly where he had a tumor he found out who batman was because Not his intelligence tumor. was <laughs> okay i'll laugh at that one because because you know his intelligence has been enhanced because of the lazarus pit um but here's the problem again no context, no fucking context whatsoever. He's like, so, he gets out of the Lazarus. Yeah. He's like, Bruce Wayne's Batman. And everybody around him is like, yeah, we know. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, I, I, I just can't, I, I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, I didn't know this was the big O. Um, <laughs> you get it? Hush looks like, what's his name from big O? <laughs> oh God, he does. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here going like, I'm like, is he gonna summon like one of those <laughs> one of those mechs in a minute? <laughs> like, well, that would have been cool, but no. The I mean, I mean, Batman technically has one. I mean, the Japanese version of him has one. So, <laughs> oh my god, Batman Ninja! Yeah. No, I'm not even talking about Batman Ninja. I'm talking about <laughs> the Japanese. No one talks about Batman animated Ninja. version. No, no, it wasn't the animated version. There was actually a live. There, there's always a live action version. Paul, Paul no one talks about Batman Ninja. And there's a reason for that. Spider Man. There's a reason for that. No, no, no. Batman. I think. I think Batman actually had one. Batman too. doesn't have a Japanese show. Are you sure? Because I swear to God, I remember seeing something about that yeah. where he had some kind of mech. Maybe. Well, I definitely. Well, there, there have been Batman things where he has mechs. I think. I think in the Batman, he has a mech. I think in. Uh, oh, Batman that's right. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode where he has a giant. Yeah, that's right. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The only one of the DC movies I can think of that involved a giant robot was uh, Batman Superman Apocalypse. No, Public Enemies. Batman Superman Public Enemies. Mm. Oh, yeah. Man, I want to watch more Batman movies that said, like, bad or good. It's still Batman and it's still fun. And I did did like that this film kind of 
perpetuated the 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 whole mythos like they they had elements con- that you would you would know have taken place in prior storylines of Batman like referencing yeah. Cyborg Superman for example showing Lex Luthor like yeah they they o- overdid it a little bit but like they Wayne. did a good, you know, Damian, Damian Wayne, the little shit. Oh, man, that Damian scene with Damian is so hilarious. What a wordy little brat he is. He is yes. a little wordy brat, and that was such a funny he, scene. He called like, Catwoman a trollop. Trollop. He's like, and then his father's response, you need to work on your slang. Like, really? That's your response to him <laughs> calling response? her trollop? He even like, roasted fine, his Dad, own mother. You can screw whoever you want. <laughs> Oh my god, that was funny. I do like seeing Dick Grayson though, like as Nightwing working, like you know, as a, as a young adult. I I kind of like that. Like he's he's yeah. not just some he's not just off in the <laughs> distance doing his own thing. Them having him in this as an actual um, side yeah. character as an adult that was cool. I like that. His his screen time was not nearly enough. No, no they, they, but, well, but but see, he's had a lot more screen time in the in the other 52 movies so i mean him popping in him popping in is fine you know the one thing i will say though is batgirl like so i can't remember which which movie it was well but but, we've gone without seeing her in this but here's the thing here's the thing so batgirl was kind of hinted at at the end of one of these 52 movies one of the batman ones i can't remember which one it is um but so she shows up in this for two seconds and then leaves. And it's like, it's, it's like, okay, but you, you really haven't your boss. He's not my boss. You, 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 you really haven't introduced her either. Like you introduced, you introduced, um, let's see, you've introduced, I don't recall her showing up in another one of those. She was at the, I think it was at the end of the Batman movie where they, they had, it was Batman, um, Nightwing, um, obviously his son Damien as Robin, and then um, Lucius Fox's son as oh yeah, that's right. Um, oh. what 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 is it? It's what what is what is his character? Batman. It's not Batman, but it's like um, what what is the name of that character? Who Dick Grayson's? No 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 no. Um, he's it's um. Lucius Fox's son, he's in the Batman suit, but what's the name of it? Dark something. No, I I thought it was something else. I'll have to look that up, but that, you know, so we, we introduced all those, those characters of Batman, which by the way, we haven't seen bad blood. Wasn't it? I think so. I think so. I'll have to look back, but, um, Batwing. That was that was Batwing. That's it. Batwing. So and and at the end of the film, they hinted at Bad Girl because she was up like in top of the building and then swung down. And then that was the end of the movie. Um, So it was really weird to just have her like, oh, hi, I'm right here. It's like, uh, okay, why man, Ernie Hudson was Lucius Fox in that. Okay, so (laughs) it was really funny when they showed that scene of Poison Ivy kissing Catgirl. I had this flashback because I've been watching Harley Quinn and I was like, you cheating on Harley, bitch? What I was thinking doing? the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Harley, no. Stop, Ivy. <laughs> like, uh, come on. 
Oh gosh, the Harley in this one was not particularly. Oh, right. the Harley in the the fifty two universe is terrible. I the really Harley, don't like her the design. No, she's in her terrible. Own series has set such a high bar for me. No Harley can live up to that. I'm sorry. No, 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 no Harley. Are, oh no, they made Amanda Waller hot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Uh, they, I actually I really like Jason Spizek as Joker. I think he did a good job. He did. He did. He did. And, uh, oh man, <laughs> knowing the context of that now that that uh, that Hush happened after Death in the Family and all those other ones, the fact that he said "Who's Robin right now?" to Jim Gordon, it's like, oh, oh snap! Yeah. Oh my god! I, I, you know what? I forgot about that. Oh yeah. snap! Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot so, of sense. So fun fact: the reason Joker joins Riddler's plan in the comics is because he uh, hears that Riddler's gonna make a Jason Todd joke at Batman. Yeah, he just he, watched he the killed mess him. with Batman. Yes, yes. No, that's good. I see. That's the kind of little detail that I love, where they really integrate into into the story and mythology that you already know about Matt. That's a good little. That's yeah. a good little detail. Oh no, this was more of the Ghosts of Christmas Future, not not as cute as the Bat Boy. I love that. So who's who's Robin now? So who's Robin these days? Oh, and why is he wielding a, a sword now? God, Joker, you're such a son of a bitch, and it's great. Yeah. Yep. He's like the villain that I love to hate to hate. He's the joke. You know He's what we need? Person. You know what we need? We need another He's Teen Titans movie. What is it with you and Teen Titans? You cannot let this no, go. No, 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 like, no. You're going to die on that fucking hill. No, the Teen, the teen Titans 52 version. Uh, uh, I liked, I liked that first one they did. That okay. one was pretty good. I'm talking about, like I'm see. still talking about in this universe. Okay, Crow, right. Jesus. Come okay. on. Okay. No, I'm looking I just forward to the you. Super Sons. I think that, that looks good. Yeah. I would love to see, like, I, I actually love Dick Grayson's storyline and him with Barbara Gordon. Like, I want to see their, them do, like, films. Like, let's 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 watch them. I mean, not to say I can never have enough Batman, but, like, yeah, but, but I want to see, see Dick Grayson be the star of his own film. And then oh, have sure. like him mis- mixed up romance with Batgirl <laughs> and all that. You want, yeah, but a, see, you want a Dick Grayson movie? So does Robin from Teen Titans go. Oh. <laughs> but see, my here's movie, the thing. My movie. My superhero yeah. movie. Here's the here's the problem with that though, Curl. Um, in the 52 no universe. In the 52 with universe. Coriander. Yeah. So um Starfire. Oh the god. Of the Teen Titans. Which is is really funny too because I just feel like voiced by Kari Walden. <laughs> Batgirl versus Starfire. That's not going to be pretty. <laughs> mm. or, Wait, what? Because of because of her? No, no. So in in this universe, if you've been watching all the movies, uh, Dick Grayson is dating Starfire. Yeah, I so, know, but like, the Batgirl is his romance. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna that. It's the, it's, ship it's that the new I 52. It's the new 52 universe. Oh. I'm sorry, but this is where it is. No, no, it, yeah. it has to be Batgirl. Okay. So I read this sci-fi article where they said the top romances and even sci-fi agrees that Batgirl is number one in his romance history. She, she's his lady. Sorry, Starfire. She's hot. She'll find someone else. <laughs> 
Uh, Jesus, you're yeah. making this out to be like Terry yeah, McGinnis. It reminds me, yet another thing that annoys me about Young Justice is they've never really done the relationship between Barbara and Dick. Like, That's not true. at all. That's true. She's already become Oracle. Jeez. Well, uh, well, and I mean, we could always talk about the fact that Young Justice isn't on Toonami, and it should be, but mm-hmm. we're not going to go there, are we? Mm-hmm. We've only been there so many times before. Yeah, exactly. So, so. So, so, many times. so many times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I give it, I give it a, a a five or six out of ten. Like I enjoyed watching it in the end. Like no, it wasn't perfect, but I, I, I always enjoyed dipping into the Batman universe like this. And so yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid like median high rating. Listen, listen, because Big O didn't show up, I, I can't give this a good rating. <laughs> Honestly. Well, other than the ending, I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a fine movie. I think, I think it's definitely it's, a fine. I think movie. it's a it's a good entertaining time. Like the whole time I was rewatching it, I was like, I feel like there's something that's going to be wrong with this, but I remember liking this movie pretty well. And then we got to the end, I was like, oh, that's right. V <laughs> Lord, on the other like hand, what they did with the Riddler. I mean, even I standards are impossibly high. Okay, even I'd only give it like a five out of ten. Like, yeah. I wouldn't give it like a two or anything, but it was okay. It was just very mediocre. Yeah, it was. It was eh. kind of mediocre. Yeah. Then you compare it to Mask of the Phantasm. Now that's a fine wine. That just hurts. But I got to be honest with you. It's probably been about 20 years or so since I've watched Mask of the Phantasm. And having watched it after seeing so, so, so many Batman animated features. You know... I don't love it as much as I thought I did. It's it's fantastic. It for when it came out, it was absolutely phenomenal. There have been better things since, perhaps. I feel like Year One and Long Halloween stand a, a lot more in my mind. If you're talking about n- retrospective Batman films, those are the ones that I would think uh, I would think more of. You know, but it doesn't mean I didn't love this experience seeing Mask of the Phantasm. And I I would say it was heavily, as we've all said and agreed on, the heavy nostalgia. But as far as quality holding up, I think year one, the the elongated kind of skinny Batman with the striking light and dark was really cool. And then the Long Halloween, the storyline for the Long Halloween was excellent. It just does that hardcore detective part of it. And I... Love a good detective story. Love a good mystery, and and mm. yeah. So if if those might might come first before long, then the math. If you're talking about comparing, as you just said, comparing to other films, but if we're just talking about these two films, this was great. I like it. You know, show any of the Batman films. Hell, I'll watch Batman Ninja again because it was so much fun to tweet about. Show more Batman films. Don't make it like a constant thing, like make it rare enough that we can enjoy it. Cause I feel like, as you said, there's plenty of films we can watch. We can keep going another few years. Hell, even if they do two Batman night movies, movie nights a, a year, you know? Yeah. Sure. And, uh, I'm hoping that they play the Superman Shazam feature to, uh, promote black Adam. Why? Oh, that'd be awesome. No. Why? Why not? Uh, I'm not a Superman fan. 
But Shazam, Shazam girl. Though. Shazam. It's Shazam. Look, okay, you convinced me. <laughs> See, that was easy. Good. Um, and I was trying to think of uh, another movie that they could maybe pair with that. But going from the angle of involving the Justice Society, maybe they could play the Justice Society World War. That'd be good. Be Lord, what what would you think? That's You're in the... the same continuity, as it were, as uh, Long Halloween. In the film versions, anyway. Oh. They even that I believe that's what that. Uh, well, maybe that isn't what's teased at the end of Long Halloween, but it kinda. But hey, there's other possibilities. Mm. Then again, maybe they should save the Shazam thing for, you know, when Shazam comes sometime next year. Shazam. It'll probably get it'll probably get pushed back 50 times. Really good episodes of uh, Justice League Unlimited featuring Superman fighting Shazam. Oh, yeah. Those were so good. I thought I was the Boy Scout. Yeah, but have you met Captain Marvel? Your quote game is on point tonight, Sketch, I have to say. You, the voice acting touch just makes it chef's kiss. <laughs> thank you. Oh, yes. No, thank one, you. <laughs> one one uh, moment that I really <laughs> appreciated in Mask of the Phantasm when Andrea was asking Bruce if he's been keeping his promise. And he says, so far. <laughs> like he drops it down to Batman voice. <laughs> like, yeah, nice. I like that. Hey, hey, Hush had a, a one thing really going for it. Batman got laid. He did. Mm-hmm. More than once. Yeah. yeah. So now well, he's going mean, to. It's at least heavily implied in Mask of the Phantasm that there was some oingy boingy at some point. Oh, I'm yeah. I mean, well, they, they were technically engaged-ish. Yeah. They were. They were engaged. Uh, I mean, she hadn't told her father yet, but. Oh, man, getting the ring back with that note saying, too young, going off with father, forget about me. Yeah, that's a bitch move. Forget about me. Oh. Yeah, that's oh. that's brutal. Speaking of bitch moves, Arthur Reeves taunting Bruce at that party. <laughs> Who, what was that hot little number? Andy? What, a, what an asshole. Andrea? Because, you know... He's, Engagement he's, starts with an I. <laughs> Engagement. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go, Arthur. You know where you can stick it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not sad to see that guy end up in the funny farm. <laughs> but a conniving, conniving little manipulator he was. Also... At, at the very end of that movie, when Andrea's out on the boat looking at us like, I am alone. That guy walks over to her with the Jughead hat. <laughs> what? I think they just wanted to draw Jughead. Dude smoothed his hair, too. Like, no, bro. There's no chance. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you want to be alone? Yes. Fuck off. <laughs> it's you what she should have said. To come back sooner. That was good dramatic 
I felt I felt a little bit like they were trying to do that with Hush, having like a dramatic relationship moment between the two characters. And this one, they just did it better. <laughs> um, that that was a bit of a, a not so great ending. I mean, the conversation between the characters was great, but like just leaving it like that, and that was the end of the film, was not the best way to end the film. Yeah, it was kind of a a letdown. It was a letdown. Yeah. Kind of a letdown. Let me down just like Selena cutting the wire holding up Nigma. I I don't know. I felt like that was pretty uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. We got out of there, okay? So <laughs> Lady Shiva shows up in like the first act is like somebody Use the Lazarus pit. Like, oh, okay, so that's the smoking gun. <laughs> were we were we supposed to think that Thomas used the Lazarus pit somehow? You, you know what? That's really funny you bring that up because I felt like he didn't do any kind of. Qu- He's like, I'll look into it, and then nothing for the whole film until oh, oh, he makes. But he was he he was he you know <laughs> at the end there he he already knew that that. No, that's not good enough. I need the detective work. I need to see the process, Batman. That's why it's important. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have any quality detective. No, no, no. There was no quality detective work in that one. (laughs) Not so much. Things just kept happening to Batman. Like, jeez, man, he got. Totally trashed in that first act. Ended up with some brain damage. Also, I wonder how many years he was Batman before he realized it was a good idea to electrify his cowl. That was a nice touch. <laughs> Not for anybody who touched it. Nope. Well. Though one could ask, how come that doesn't electrify him? Don't lots ask of, questions. Lots of padding. <laughs> Don't ask questions that this movie clearly didn't he, think of. He's richer than God. He can he can make the technology to work for him. Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, Andrea, like what happened to you? Trip over a pile of money? <laughs> no. Oh, I forgot they had Amanda Waller in this film too. Like she was there for a hot yeah. minute. Just, just, just a hot, hot minute. Uh, enough for Batman to be saying, one of your Suicide Squad projects. I'll help you get Bane back. I just need to talk to him. Ah, whatever. He was all right. <laughs> Of all of the Batman movies that have aired on Toonami on Adult Swim, probably the worst. But not by a lot in some cases. Well, out of curiosity, where do you put Batman Ninja on that list? Oh, pretty low. <laughs> that is fantastic trash. <laughs> There's that, that, that it is. Who's I that one can't. writer for ANN that talks about like the the treasure garbage stuff? That's like garbage treasure. <laughs> oh. Yes, I would agree. I just 
something about it. Like, I, I love the concept. I think it looks cool. But the characterization, particularly of some of the people in the Bat family, just do- doesn't really work. Like, that is not Damian Wayne. Okay? That is not it's, Damian His sophisticated Wayne. vocabulary and saying, if you must screw her, <laughs> that trollop. <laughs> yeah, that was a little interesting. Not Damian Wayne at all. He's way too happy to be Damian Wayne. <laughs> I'm hanging out with the monkey. Everything's cool. Oh, you're talking about Batman Ninja. I thought you were talking yeah. about Hush again. Sorry. No, no. No, that is Damian Wayne. That's uh, that's Damian Wayne. Brad. Yeah, I think they just tried to fit too much. And like V-Lord said, like, because there was it was such a long, drawn-out storyline, if they wanted to fit everything in, it might have been better to do it into two parts. Or... Cut out some things. Just not adapt this story at all. Well, or cut out some things and focus in on just some limited portion of it. You know, adapt it. Like, that's what you do. Adapt it better. Mm. Adapt it better. Yeah. But it was fine. Yeah. I don't think it was a terrible movie to play. I, I enjoyed watching it. So did I. Until the end. Stress that. That ending left a bad taste in my mouth. Thankfully, we could wash it down with a really good Batman movie. One of the best. Okay. I think that that's uh that's enough Batman talk, but we should <laughs> probably talk about Housing Complex C and uh the dub cast. That was recently announced. That will star Xanthe Hewn and Kaylee Mills as the, the two girls. And Jake Eberly. It will also include Sean Chiplock, Susie Yang, uh, Doug Stone, Michael Sorek, Caitlin Glass, Janice Carroll, Bob Carter, and Ryan Colt Living. You may recall that Ryan Colt-Levy was one of the actors, very talented fellow, who was interviewed by CJ for his documentary, What Tsunami Means to Me. So shout out to Ryan for just getting cast as the lead in Chainsaw Man. That's pretty freaking sweet. Yay. Good Good for for him. him. Love to see it. Love, love seeing diversity see like that, too. That's great. Yes. It's important. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And Housing Complex C is, uh, you may know, <laughs> is premiering on October 1st at midnight. I mean, effectively October 2nd. And we have the full Toonami schedule starting that night. Be Housing Complex C at midnight. Yashihime stays at 12.30. Lupin is still at 1 a.m. The Hour of One Piece continues at 1.30. They are now in the Punk Hazard arc, if you didn't know. And then Naruto Shippuden at 2.30. And as of this upcoming Saturday, they have removed Blade Runner Black Lotus and they have doubled up Made in Abyss in the 3 a.m. hour. 
knows why they might be doing that? Hmm. But uh, this upcoming week, <laughs> in case this podcast actually comes out before Saturday, uh, it'll be episodes five and six of Made in Abyss. If you've been paying attention to that rerun at 3.30 in the morning, bless your heart, uh, you're going to rewatch episode five, which was the most recent episode that aired. And then uh, episode six will be after that. And then on October 1st slash 2nd, that will be episodes seven and eight, according to advanced schedules. So they will be proceeding with two episodes a week. And that would mean that they will air the hour-long 13th episode the week after Lupin ends, which will be, let me take a look at a calendar here, October, Lupin ends October 15th, and Made in Abyss would end on October 22nd. Then, of course, October 29th will be Halloween weekend, so we can pretty much count on some kind of preemption. And Housing Complex C will be four episodes. It will air at the top of the block on the 1st, 8th, 15th, and 22nd. Wouldn't be surprised if there was a marathon on the 29th. Don't really know, though. So, that leads the possibility that uh, Lupin will part ways and make room for the second season of Made in Abyss. They'd have to delay somehow by a week, maybe double up Yashihime a week or something. So, doesn't quite work out perfectly, but... Oh, I hope not. It work. <laughs> Girl over here. <laughs> maybe on the 22nd or the 29th, they will... Uh, that movie i've never wanted to see anything less <laughs> that's not what you, you can, said before you saw you it. are to blame for that though come watch the movie with me kuro okay let's do movie night no that was a horrible movie i don't want to see season two i've completely lost interest in this made into this series i don't care what's down there i'm not interested anymore whatever it's it's <laughs> i'm dead horrible movie it's a very good movie. It's just definitely difficult to watch. Girl, it's, it's, it's such a happy show. I don't know why God. you dislike it. Stop. Like, I've never had as many what-the-fuck reactions as I did watching this show. <laughs> I mean, and that said, not to say that that's the most shocking. There are ter- plenty of shocking and or terrible things out there. This one was just like, because it was good and the storyline hooks you, and then they just throw you the nastiest fucking curveball with these scenes. And they, they're they not even like, like you don't expect them, you know? And then you see it and you're like, what am I watching? What's happening here? Holy shit. This, this is a child. This is violating a child. Whole, this is violence against a young child. I can't handle it. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to skip on the Maiden of a season two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you don't want to watch season two. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> Paul, you should totally watch it, and then I'll listen to the podcast where you talk about it. <laughs> well, I have to have time to do that. Yeah. No. Mm. Hey, last I mean, time getting... you tagged me as the rookie, now it's Paul's turn to be the one who hasn't seen it and gets to watch it. 
and react live. I think it's his turn. I vote. I vote for Paul. I mean, I mean like I said, I have to have time, so. We'll figure it out. We'll make time. We'll get I hope you can at least watch Housing Complex C. That's not much of a commitment. Oh, no, I'm going to watch that, definitely. Okay. I find it very, I find it, it looks very interesting. We will probably do weekly recaps on that one. We should. It's so short. Yeah, it's so short. We should do weekly recaps. So special episodes of it just for Housing Complex C? Yeah. Uh, No, we'll do like full episodes. I'm sure that there'll be enough things to talk about. Not not just Housing Complex C, but like... uh, yeah, there's there'll be things to talk about. Is oh the yeah, industry continues to get further and further crazy. I think the industry hates viewers. <laughs> That's mm. the impression I'm getting from all the changes happening. Do you just not want people to watch it? Is that is that your goal? <laughs> that does seem to be the goal. Actually, it does. Yes. It feels like that. <laughs> does it? Doesn't it though? Uh, so. There are some out there that have been fairly antsy about <laughs> the lack of acquisitions coming to Toonami lately, but Jason DeMarco has recently said that they have several acquisitions that are coming. And original content. Yes, of mm-hmm. course, original content, but we're specifically talking about acquisitions. They got the original content, but that's only going to be like six episode shows each, so... They needed the acquisitions, too. We don't know what they are. We'll probably find out soon because Lupin's just about to end. I mean, there's still some ongoing shows that I'm assuming will show up, like Fire Force and My Hero Academia. Well, you can hope. (laughs) I, uh, I, I, I do think... But uh, Crunchyroll won't either. lose anything. They're not going to lose anything. Look, 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 Kuro. You're trying to use logic where there is none. Exactly. <laughs> look. I've never felt more infuriated with them in my life than I do this year. La- la- that latest, aside. latest reason to dislike Crunchyroll. Yeah, no shit. Uh, they apparently uh, are not wanting to do a union dub for Mob Psycho 100 Season 3, which means that people who are union actors will not return for those roles. Some might, uh, but the one that is most likely not to return is Kyle McCarley. He made a message today saying that he, he even offered two voice mob in season three as a non-union production all that crunchyroll needed to do was agree to talk to the union sag to start working towards some kind of contract in the future and they are apparently not interested in doing that that's ridiculous it's ridiculous i mean ridiculous. if they're that desperate for fucking money then they should be doing partnerships with viewing on cable like Adult Swim and other things like that, instead of fucking their actors over who are their talent base. It's ridiculous. Doesn't make the any sense. biggest anime conglomerate doesn't want to do union dubs. 
Yeah. Let alone that even talk to a union, stupid. which is ridiculous. Just talk to them at least. Like, like you're, only... making, you're making Netflix look good at this point. Are they really? Role. Are they really that hurting for money? Like, I'm just don't understand the no, logic no, behind. No, they're not. Sony well, then, has plenty of money. Then there's absolutely no excuse. And for 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 a company that says they like they're the number their one translators, place, they underpay. Yeah. They're dub writers. They underpay their actors. It's a bad look, Crunchy. It's a really, really bad look. Come on. You you expect us to, to, to watch, and you told us for this many years we should demand high-quality animation. Well, that includes paying good actors and good translators and good animators. That's the high-quality animation you're asking us to demand and watch and pay for. Then you need to provide that service. No, you took away all your fucking uh, other other uh, uh, competition. So give us what we want. Give the people what they want. Here's here's, here's something that really concerns me. Is um, recently, like in the past couple of years, Anaplex did a, a few union dubs. They they did Demon Slayer Union. They did the most recent Sao Seasons Union. And. If Anaplex is under this whole conglomerate now, then they're probably not going to want to do Union anymore. Watch Demon Slayer Season 2 randomly show up and we'll be like, wait, what? Hey, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't complain, now, honestly. Any day now, they might come to their dang senses. <laughs> okay? Any day now, it could happen. Um, I can't talk anymore about this. It just makes me too bad. I, I know, I know. I honestly don't think we'll also Hero, be here all night. <laughs> I don't think oh my Hero is off the table because I think the Japanese companies involved might make that happen, even if Crunchyroll doesn't want it to. But I don't know. Uh, it's like 50 50 for that. It's like, it's like shooting like yourself in the foot for Dr. Stone. 50-50 for Fire Force. Who knows? Like, Funimation probably was the one that pushed for Fire Force to be on TV. I don't think they're going to do that now. Don't say that. You're going to make me cry. I love Fire Force. Just, uh... It's time to start uh, picking up them good shows that Sentai have been picking up, like Call of the Night. Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. And here's where Sketch does his weekly plug of Sentai shows that he wants to see on Toonami. Look, they have, they're they finally dubbing Kaiji. It's an old show, but it's a brand new dub. Make it happen. It's also a yep. very good dub. Yes. You, you, you do tend to be on point with these suggestions, though. I'll give you that. It's a very good dub. And, I mean, it, it was Squid Game before Squid Game. Come on. Come on. You know you, know you want it. The narrator in the dub is so good, too. Like, that that dub was, like, perfect when I saw it at Otakon. Oh, oh now I want to watch it. it. So bad. I want to see it so bad. I want to see it now, too. You guys maybe want to see it. They're also dubbing, Yeah, boy, Kong Ming! Aw, oh, yeah. Which would honestly be a very strange thing for Toonami to air, but I would welcome it. We got Pop Team Epic. It's fine. Anything's on the table Pop now. Anything's on the table. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'm not picky. Pop Team Epic did kind of fit in, if you think about it, with like at least the Adult Swim branding. Yes. Uh, the thing about Pop Team Epic is it was such a ridiculous show that it worked. Yeah. Uh, the, the, one thing, watch it again. <laughs> the, one, the one genre that I don't think Toonami is necessarily going to look into is just like slice of life no that has, that nor has should no, it 
no fantasy, no sci-fi to it. Slice of life, probably not what they're going to play. Or just straight up romance. Like technically Kong Ming is that though. There is at least a little bit of fantasy to it. Or, or romance like um, Snow White or the Red Hair. Excellent show, by the way. It does not belong on Toonami. Oh, I think that one would pass since it's uh, no setting. No, I don't think it belongs on Toonami. It is a great show. I, I love it. Don't get I mean, me wrong. I would sooner suggest Yona the Dawn. At the oh, point. yes. Mm-hmm. Yona the Dawn, 100%. And that story isn't even finished either. So maybe that would be the, the, the pushing it to get that story finished, too. Maybe. Unfortunately, Crunchyroll. All right, before the good idea fairy curses us any longer, let's call it. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yes. In case you lost the plot, Housey Complex Z starts at midnight on October 1st slash 2nd. Woohoo! The rest of the lineup is pretty much as it is. Only they're doubling up Main Abyss and Blade Runner Black Lotus disappeared and I don't think anybody's going to cry about it. (laughs) Hey, I like that show. Yeah, but are you really that disappointed that reruns of it are not going to be on anymore? No, I have it recorded. I can watch it whenever I want. But nothing of value was lost. It's also exactly. on HBO Max. Exactly. Speaking of things that are on HBO Max, or soon to be, Housing Complex C will be the first Toonami original to be day after on HBO Max. We'll see how that goes. See how that goes. Honestly, it's a very different audience, I feel, so I don't think it's going to affect anything, per se. But uh, <laughs> hopefully people still watch it on TV. <laughs> we'll see. It's I'm excited because I don't I don't usually go for horror stuff, but I'm kind of I'm kind of in the mood. So let's let's see how that goes. I feel like for four episodes, they're setting us up for something that has to be really great. I would hope so. What the what the writer Amphibian was saying about what he was trying to do with it, I, I think is very interesting. So, I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Holy original things. I love it. More of that, please. More holy original things. Uh, so, uh, I think our next episode will probably be talking about the final four episodes of Primal Season 2. Yes! I'm gonna be there. Trying to coordinate schedules as we speak. A.K.A. he's trying to herd cats. Poor Sketchy. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, and, uh, with my work schedule changing, it's gonna get harder! (laughs) Uh, boy... We'll figure something out. Because we're going to do it weekly. Oh, boy. October should be fun. October will definitely be. I'm excited. Paul. Want to read the stuff? Want to read the stuff? Um, Not when you talk like that. Jesus. Clean the house. <laughs> Let's see. Um... Well, obviously, you can find us on pretty much every single podcast app. All you really need to do is search us by using the term Toonami Faithful Podcast. Um, I haven't found a podcast app that we 
aren't on. So if we are on a podcast app that you use and we're not there, please let us know. But um, the main ones we really want you to use are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and of course, uh, SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud has every single episode of our podcast. I actually think every app has every single one of our episodes now, which is weird because they never used to do that. So um, you may be able to get every single episode on all the podcast apps, but definitely SoundCloud has all of our episodes. Um, it's soundcloud.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Uh, you can also download the SoundCloud app for free and get us on there as well. Um, again, you can listen from episode one all the way up through this episode. So if you're a new listener, please do go all the way back and listen to our fun episodes and me and other people that you don't hear on a regular basis now uh, make complete asses out of themselves. And then we actually get into a group. So, um, yeah. So listen to us pretty much everywhere. Um, we are on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. So please like us there. On Twitter, please follow us at Tsunami Podcast. You can get all of our episodes there as well. And all of our episodes are on our website, podcast.tunamifaithful.com. That place actually has everything nice and neatly done to where you can find all of our interviews if you just want to listen to some of our interviews or if you want to listen to every single episode of the podcast. So um, you can email us, podcast.tunamifaithful.com. Um, if you have any feedback, if you want to you know, talk about something that you think we should talk about on a future podcast, um, you can do it through our email. Again, it's podcast at TunamiFaithful.com. And lastly, if you want to contribute to us, if you go to TunamiFaithful.com slash donate, there's several different ways that you can donate, including just buying stuff on Right Stuff, which I have no idea if that's going to continue or if that's going to end now that Crunchyroll owns Right Stuff. You should probably find that out. Yeah, I, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. And then... Um, there's our PayPal link where you can just donate one time to us. Um, there's our Patreon, patreon.com slash Toonami Faithful, where you can donate on a monthly basis and hear all the content that we have there, uh, both from the Toonami Faithful podcast and from the Demon Slayer podcast. Yeah, I think that's about it. So, yeah, uh, let's get on out of here. Um, I believe we're going to do V-Lord. Where can they find you, even though you've been quiet most of this episode? Oh, yeah. Um, people can find me nowhere. I am in the abyss, never to Apparently. be found. Yeah, but not nah, nah, in all seriousness. Um, you can find him holding a degree. Holding up the what? A degree. The degree? Yeah, he's our graduate. Oh, the degree. I was like, wait, the green? The green? Oh, let's. Let's move on before this gets more awkward. <laughs> yeah, nah. I'm always awkward, though. It's okay. But yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at VLORGTZ, where I tweet about things involving manga and manga-related accessories. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that boy ain't right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And aside from that, I write for... MangaMavericks.com, where you can now find an interview with Hiromi Wakabayashi and Yo Yoshinari from Studio Trigger, 
where Ooh. we uh, talk Ooh. about a bunch of amazing stuff. And uh, Primal even gets mentioned at one point because uh, Yoshinari-san is a Gendi uh, Tartakovsky fan. So yeah, go, go give that a read. Um, and then, of course, I write for Tsunami Faithful, so you can find my editorials on there whenever I write. Um, and then I do a bunch of podcasts. Uh, the Demon Slayer podcast, at D Slayer Podcast being the main one, where we talk about Demon Slayer, both the anime and manga, and everything in between. Um, and then I do uh, the Dumb Weebs podcast, the Dumb Weebs pod, Saturday Night Chagi at Saturday Night Chagi, and Oversoul Shaman King podcast at Shaman King Pod. So go check out all that stuff. All right. And uh, Kuro, where can they find you? I'm really bad at self-promoting. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Happy Kuro Kitty. And I usually tweet about cats. And after V-Lord, like, that's the best I can offer. I'm sorry. It's 1130. What do you expect from me? I have no wine. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you guys. You're great. Tweet at me. Uh, follow me and and read my articles. I appreciate it. And please comment when we ask for comments. We're not just throwing that out there because we expect you to write, you know, the next Henry James novel. We love hearing from you guys. I love hearing from you guys. Um, so I appreciate it when you do reach out. Thank you. And Sketch, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And unfortunately, by the time you're listening to this, uh, you won't be able to catch this film in theaters. But I did a review for the new anime film, Goodbye, Don Gleese. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a gorgeous movie. It's from the same director as A Place Further Than the Universe, which is a fantastic show. Crunchyroll really needs to freaking dub one of these days. Please. But this (laughs) was dubbed by uh, NYAV Post or... uh, G Kids. So thanks, G Kids, for bringing this great movie to uh, theaters. Hopefully, the home video release won't be too far off, and maybe it'll stream somewhere. I'm going to read that. Please, yes, please read my review. I will. Thank you. <laughs> that I thought was perfectly good. And then CJ was like, I want you to add here, here, and here. And I was like, ah. No, but he's usually right. He's usually right, yes. Thank you, CJ. (laughs) Thank you, CJ, for forcing me to be a better writer. He makes us all better, one at a time. Really does. He does. Paul, where can they find you? That's supposed to be Sketch's line. When they can't find I'll allow it. (laughs) You'll allow it. Just trying to move Uh, You can find me, you can find me working too much. Um... You can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. You can, and you can basically email me, um, Paul Pascrillo at TunamiFaithful.com. Um, real quick before we end, completely end this, um, we did put out a tweet the other day where we were looking to see if you guys wanted us to interview anybody. Um, speaking of feedback, please let us know. Um, if you don't want to tweet us, if you want to be private about it, you can always just email podcast at tsunamifaithful.com and let us know who you want us to interview because we need some ideas. We want to know who you want to hear from, and we'd like to get people that you want to hear, but if you don't say anything, we're just going to keep doing what we normally do and do whatever we want. So, um, yeah, feedback is... Except for is don't say that. What's that's that? Except that's a given, Vic. though. That's not going to happen. He I just need to make sure that's said. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm I would sorry. Hope nobody would 
Nobody would even think of asking for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, fuck Vic. Besides, I, besides no, he's in Ukraine him. promoting himself or something. Besides, right? Way back when. We already interviewed him, and I already regret it. Anyways, <laughs> so thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Thank you for continuing to listen to us for all these years. And as always, thank you for continuing to listen because without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. But uh, that's it for this episode of the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. Peace. We're out.